Welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shanik. And we're glad that you're joining us wherever you are. If you haven't already, leave a review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave a comment on YouTube, go subscribe. Thank you all of you who are watching us live. We appreciate all the love and support. It's yeah, we really appreciate you. And like you just said, it will be spring break this week in Indiana. Well, I'm technically so, in Florida. Yeah. As you're listening to this live, I'm already in Florida. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, if you are off with your kids and yes. you're listening to this, maybe you're at home. Why don't you just take a second and do leave it. us a review, rate us. We really appreciate that. Yeah, we do. I love spring break because, yeah, I'm in Florida right now. So I'm chilling on a beach. All of you who are jealous, be jealous. Yeah. I've needed this break, though. I'm yeah. looking for it. I Although love spring break as well. I'm flying with an infant for the first time, so that won't be great. Hopefully it will be. I don't know. Short flight. I think it'll be fun. Two hours. It's not that yeah. short with a... 10 month old. Yeah. What I've heard that's really good is you take like this little baggie like to give to the people behind you. Yeah. I told you you about that. I'm the one that does (laughs) Are you going to do this? Already have it done. Oh, amazing. (laughs) There you go. You have nothing to worry about. Like sorry for the kid because I get so annoyed by it, but you have nothing to worry about. So spring break, what we thought this would be a great time to ask, what is the best spring break experience that you've ever had? Well, ever? I've had a lot of great spring break experiences uh, 13 years ago. I was in Russia playing hockey, which was awesome. But every year, so in the hockey world, season's very long, and usually nationals is right before spring break. So every year while I was in college, we went to Florida with a couple teammates. But my best and most favorite memory was my last year of grad school. It was just me and my friend Steve Jensen, just the two of us. We decided to drive down to Florida by ourselves with zero plans. We had... No idea where we were going to stay. We had no agenda and it was the best. It was the best spring break I remember. Wow. What made it the best? It just. Can you share some of the stories? Yeah, I I can share some of them. (laughs) So Jensen is six foot four and beautiful. He is God's gift to women. So I was just hanging on his coattails all week knowing that he would figure it out. And we met these girls day one and they let us stay in their apartment we slept on the couch which i think that's super dangerous when you think about it now we had no idea who they were uh which was a lot of fun and then we ended up meeting one of the girl's boyfriend who actually went to liberty university and steve knew him i didn't i didn't know him and we ended up hanging out with them and their family the rest of the week and we just did wild things like things floridians do because they lived there we went with, we went like alligator hunting, which almost got bitten by an alligator. <laughs> like that was weird for me. I'm a city boy. Uh, one of my best and most favorite memories is this guy used to work at a water park and he had gotten fired, but he still had all the keys. So he's like one night, he's like, guys, <laughs> no way. let's go to the water park. I know how to turn on all of the rides. Like after or, they closed. After they closed. Oh my gosh. So we climbed that like 12 foot fence. There was eight of us, I think. And we went to this water park and he opened up like the way to, he had the keys to open up the water, like to turn on the electricity for just the water. So we kept it all dark, but then all the slides started running with water. And we had like the best evening of my life at this water park. Uh, So much, I mean, we were doing all the illegal things like climbing, going up the water or, or up the slide. 
uh, Steve was running up the slide. I was coming down trying to take him out and he jumped over me, hit himself, slid his head open. He had, to, I think he had mm. to go get like six stitches cause he hit himself on the steel beam, but it was so fun. Then we got caught by one of the park security people found us and then we ran from them and it was just, yeah, it was Sounds doing, like a fun time. doing bad things. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So that was my favorite spring break moment. Yeah. Um, I'm trying, trying to think of things that I could share on the podcast. <laughs> what does it mean? But probably the most memorable, um, I think I was a freshman in college. Um, I'd actually was going down with um, my my brother, Matt, who's a couple years behind me, him and his friends. And we pile in two different cars and just take off to Panama City. And things are going fine. Well, we cross the state line right into Alabama and my temperature gauge on the car goes red line. And we're like, oh my gosh. So we pull off. And of course we leave at like, I don't know, one or two in the morning. And so at this point it's like five, let's 4.30 or five in the morning. Like, what are we going to do? So this little podunk town right off the exit, we saw a service station just happened to be there. We pull in and we're all out just walking around. There's about eight of us. And honestly, it was the first time that I experienced like racial tension with my friends. Hmm. I had a few black friends that went with us and a guy, it was around six in the morning. He was out just for a walk, an early morning walk. He came by and he said, um, just to let you all know, this was the birthplace of the KKK and you guys might want to just stay in or around your vehicles and not be walking around town. Hmm. I'm like, is this real life? Yeah, right. And so then, of course, my two friends were like, "Oh no, scared to <laughs> yeah. death." Oh, like, they were scared. <laughs> I thought no, they, they were going to be like, "No, let's they were do like, this. no," because we were in the middle of nowhere and didn't know anything. And yeah, that's my my crazy experience with that. And service station open. He got us in. We got to we got to Florida just fine. And of course, we pull up into our, our hotel, and my entire like gasket or something just radiator busted and blew even though I thought the guy fixed it <laughs> for like 10 bucks. And so, uh, yeah, I was out $1,500 on spring break. So that's my most memorable time. Cause it cost me a lot of money and the experience in Good times. whatever it was, Alabama, home of the KKK. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> oh man. So Crazy. coming in with our fourth word for you. Yep. We're talking about Kintsugi. What's Kintsugi? Well, Kintsugi. And actually I came across this word several years ago. Yep. I know actually it's You've been preached. preached. It. You I don't think it. I've preached you it. You did because you showed the picture. I remember it. Yeah. Well, I think I got that picture. I don't, really don't remember preaching because Reggie preached and he showed a picture. And then um, Dwayne White's wife, um, Chris. Chris White, mm-hmm. she preached it for either that Sunday morning or something. And I had to find a picture for her. Oh, that I don't think I've ever preached it, but I know Reggie and Chris both did. But basically, Kintsugi, uh, it's also known as the Golden Joinery. Mm-hmm. And it means to join with gold. It's an ancient Japanese art practice of repairing broken pottery by mending the broken pieces together with lacquer that is mixed with powdered gold. Of course, other times, sometimes silver or platinum. Yeah. And maybe you've seen these pictures. They they literally will break a vase or a piece of pottery and then they go through the art of restoring and repairing and you see all the cracks the imperfections, all of the places that it broke, they're actually highlighted mm-hmm. with the gold or the silver yeah. in between them. Yeah, and as a philosophy, it treats breakage and repair as the history of an object or in 
we're going to take it as a person right. rather than something to disguise. I love that. Yeah. Think about it's that. Like that's why I use the word highlighted. Yeah. Highlight. They didn't try to hide it. It was yeah. highlighted. Yeah. And the philosophy is a reminder to stay optimistic when things fall apart. It's about accepting our flaws and missteps as just a part of life. Uh, in the Christian world, they'll say, you know, scripture says turning ashes into beauty. And that's what we mean by Kintsugi is all of us have broken pieces of our past and it, we have to allow the spirit to put us back together. And ultimately in pot, in the pottery world, what's the most fascinating about Kintsugi is that the object would become stronger and of more value. And it's almost like, man, what you're going through right now in the season, although it might be heartbreaking and painful and, and tough, like it will make you stronger and bring more value to your life. And so it's how you view another perspective towards your circumstances. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, as we're paralleling this to our lives, it's being vulnerable hmm. and open, transparent. Well, I would even say vulnerable. And, and You just said vulnerable yeah, twice. Well, here's why I'm saying this. Don't cut me off too quick. <laughs> <laughs> because then I said transparent. And I think sometimes, yeah. the reason I'm saying this, sometimes we use those words interchangeable, hmm. but we really shouldn't. And a lot of times we say be vulnerable or be transparent. And we mean, we think we mean the same thing. But I think vulnerability is even more uh, an in-depth um way of looking at what we should be with our lives more than transparent because transparent, a lot of times we can still hide things and we allow people to see what we want them to see Ooh. in being transparent. But when you're truly vulnerable, you open up every part of you. Mm. It's actually being, being vulnerable, yeah. putting yourself in that position. And I think sometimes with our flaws, our weakness, our past, what you were saying, sometimes we want to try to hide that. We want to try to get to a place of course, to overcome it. And then we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. We want to polish our past instead mm -hmm. of allowing that past with its mess ups and screw ups and all to actually be something that's beautiful in our life today because of what we went through. And yeah. it's just the process. And I think we really don't even have to talk that long about how it parallels with our everyday lives and going through um, whatever circumstance negatively or traumas in our life, because really, the art of Kintsugi. And if you just look it up, Google it, like it preaches by itself. It really it does. It tells the story on its own. It really does. I love that. Yeah. It's almost like I was trying to think of a parallel even to hum humans Kintsugi. It's almost like scars. And yeah. so many times we want to hide our scars and we're embarrassed of our scars depending on where they are. But our scars tell a story and they're not meant to be hidden. And the more we talk about our scars, the more other people will feel safe and they'll be able to show their scars and be encouraged because of your scars. So yep. Kintsugi is this real life thing in humans' lives because you won't really realize your full potential until you go through tough times. Like, yeah, it sucks going through tough times, but they do make you stronger. And if you deal with them in a healthy way, you can use your scars to bring healing to other people. And ultimately, everything that God does to you and in you is meant to be done through you to other people. And so it's almost like this idea of, yeah, shining your scars bright so that other people can see them and see how much you've gone through in life and overcome. Yeah, because we do all go through crazy things in life, right? Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Yeah. Like we can't, you know, say that we'll have a perfect life without ever having to go through trouble. Like Jesus himself said, we will. 
Yeah. And, I, and I what did they choose say? Choose to trust and Jesus. Then but he says, but fear not, for, fear not, for I have overcome, overcome the, world. the world. Yeah. But that doesn't say that we're going to be saved from trouble just because we follow Jesus. Ooh. And I really feel like, and I know we talk about this, to reach our full potential in life, we have to go through tough times. Mm-hmm. Because that, like we talked about last week, going through a crisis that really reveals the faith that we have. Yeah. If we don't have faith in the crisis and the tough times, do we really have faith at all? Right. And so I think it really has to be where we go through these tough things, these tough times, have these issues or circumstances in our life to actually reach our full potential and how we can be a help to others because of our story. Yeah, it takes it takes work and awareness in order to get true healing. But even Romans eight twenty eight, we talk about this a lot, is it doesn't say that all things are good. It says all things will work together for good for those who love Jesus. And it's like, yeah, not all things are good. Even Jesus himself doesn't believe that all things are good. And so it's about noticing some of the things that go through or that we go through in our lives and seeing, okay, this might not have been a design from God for me to experience, but I can turn it into good with my perspective and how I overcome it. Even Psalm 34, 18 it, it says, God is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. It's almost like, yo, you will experience heartbreak. You will feel like you are under a, a building that collapsed and feel the crushed and feel crushed from the weight of it. But it's like, man, you have to go through that season of heartbreak and you have to go through that season of sitting in the well so that you can overcome some of the things that you deal with in your life. Yeah. And we're not saying that this is easy. We're no, not saying that this not. is a quick process. Um, even the art of Kintsugi, I wish I would have looked this up. I don't know how long it actually takes, but um, I would imagine that it doesn't just happen overnight. Yeah. Like it's a delicate process, piece by piece. Mm. And and really, um, if we think about like when things happen to us, we want to get instant healing. We want to have that instant testimony, if you will. Look what God gave me. Look what God brought me through or whatever the case may be. And we might have some understanding of the things we go through that we can put on display, right? For when we're weak, he's strong, all that kind of thing. Like that will be something that we can share to encourage others because of what we went through. But sometimes it takes years Hmm. to get to a place of, of healing enough that it has really been bonded well. And we have that strong, um, I don't know, that strong place that was broken before. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie preached a couple of weeks ago in our cultural communion series and he talked about Humpty Dumpty and I wrote it down because I thought it was really fascinating because most Americans know the story. You know, Humpty Dumpty sat in a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Yeah. Why? Because they needed Kintsugi. But he tied it into this idea that the law and the prophets couldn't put us back together. And he tied Humpty Dumpty, the story of Humpty Dumpty, is all the king's horses and all the king's men's. That's you trying to put yourself back together with mm, religion. You trying by the law and the prophets too, but only the king can put you back together. And I love that because, again, that even goes back to the episode where we talked about grasshopper mentality. Is I, I personally currently believe that we were put together even before the cross, but the cross happened so that we could look at religion and redefine it because we needed it almost, so to speak. And so your grasshopper mentality, like if you think that you're a grasshopper, you, that's what you'll be. And so you have to view yourself a little bit differently and recognize that the King already put you back together and you are whole and complete in Christ. And so uh, he said the King remembers, but it not like the King re-members, members, right. members you, members 
because you are found in Christ before you ever lost an atom. And that's the foundation, in my opinion, of the gospel is Adam is not more powerful than Jesus. Right. So, so that we're not broken. No. We're complete. You've always been whole, but you've whole. allowed circumstances to create the illusion that you are broken. But Kintsugi happened in your life way before you were even born. Yeah. So, so in this story of Humpty Dumpty, right, yeah. there is a place where Humpty was shattered. Yeah. And so what you're saying is there are times where we will find ourselves shattered. Absolutely. And we have to allow the king to, to come and help along with the, his spirit to put us back together. But but what would you say a few things that we would then need to to work in or allow the work yeah. to begin of this Kintsugi and putting us back together? So if you've been with us over the last like 10 episodes, it's almost like we've beaten a dead her- horse talking about emotional work and grief work. But this is so important, and I'm going to reiterate it, that several people that I meet with, the emotional work never stops. You become better instead of becoming bitter about your circumstances. And instead of allowing something to trigger you that it takes you weeks to overcome, you're still going to be triggered, but you overcome it in an hour or a day. And so it doesn't affect you longer and it doesn't affect your relationships longer. But sitting in that well and sitting in that grief, allowing yourself to grieve and giving yourself time and space, this idea, again, we said it, sitting in the well is about struggling, processing, thinking about where you are emotionally, allowing yourself to be sad, to be hurt, to cry without a plan to overcome it. Like you have to let that stuff drain out of your mentality and physically, literally out of your body. There's something scientifically that happens when you cry that releases certain things that need to be released out of your body. And it's so important. People don't like to do it because it is uncomfortable and it's not fun, but you cannot speed up your grief and your emotional work to a point where you try to act like you're good, even though you're not. Yeah. And so grief work, emotional work. And I would say one of the keys is connectivity Connection. while you're trying to bring things yep. back to a connected place. Yeah. If Every, that makes sense. Everything we strive for in life is about connection, connection with people. And I love that you just use that language because we didn't talk about that beforehand, but it's all Kintsugi is can reconnecting, yeah. connecting it back together. Yeah. And I think for us in our lives to be fully put back together and fully whole and connected, we need the connections with other people that can help us get connected. Yeah, especially if, if you're dealing with something where you need that perspective or you need that help, sitting in the well is much easier to do when you're doing it with other people. Absolutely. So there you have it, Kintsugi. Kintsugi. The art of putting something back together again in a beautiful display of art where the actual imperfections and places where there were brokenness, that's actually the beauty of it. And so we want that to be the story for your life. And so sit in that, process that, maybe reach out and share this episode with someone that can help you in this process, get connected to them while you get yourself fully connected. Yeah. And no, as always, you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it. 